All right, welcome to episode 31 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Uh, my name is Andrew. I'm one of the hosts, and joined with me today... This is Mike, the other host. Mike. That's right. Mike, we are so consistent and <laughs> so on the ball that one might think that if they've been following us, that we have never missed a week, but that's not true. <laughs> you know, this podcast, we love it and it's uh, very important, but there's also a lot of other things going on in our lives and ministry wise. And there are weeks where it just does not happen. You're, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly right. As a matter of fact, last week, so we, we typically record on Thursdays and last week we had our pastor cluster, which is an opportunity for us to go connect with other, uh, other pastors in the Northwest area and just to rub shoulders with them, to connect with them, to pray with them and for them. So that's maybe in the future, we might be able to record with them yeah. and maybe get their viewpoint on just Jesus in the Northwest. That's a really great, uh, it's a really great time where there's about 10 of us from kind of Southwest Washington and the Northwest, uh, Oregon gathered together in a room. We spent a lot of time praying for each other. Yes. Spent a lot of time talking about ministry challenges and, and even doing some content. And it's a uh, man for me, it's just encouraging to know there's other guys that are, you know, facing challenges in faith and, and trusting the Lord and preaching the gospel. It's, it's pretty cool. It is. It's, I find that to be incredibly encouraging because what we do as ministers, sometimes I know people encourage us and love us, but sometimes it just feels better to know someone that you, that you can see is going through the same things you're going through that can identify with you and you can identify with them a little more easily. And it's encouraging to walk with them through that. So I, I I would say if you're listening to this and you're not part of a cluster, I don't know why you'd be listening to this, but you should join one. You should uh, hit up our old buddy Lance, there and he'll uh, he'll connect you. If you want information on that, just uh, just write in. The email address is posted with these podcasts, and uh, we can get you connected with that. You know, I think about we had a few losses last week because uh, there's these moments where someone will share something they're going through, and then everyone in the room's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm go. I know exactly." And it's kind of a uh, we we have a pretty good laugh at that. Just the yes. the 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 peculiarity of ministry and the unique challenges. But that said, man, uh, those guys in that room they love pastoring. They love people. They love Jesus, and it's really fun to have right. to have that camaraderie. You know. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, I, I was bringing that up originally to say that if you are following along and you're listening to every drop and you're just waiting for the podcast to drop, uh, sorry. Because obviously we are, we've been missing for the last two weeks. Please forgive us. Yes. But uh, I also caught wind that there are many other people who are starting to listen to the podcast who are starting from the very beginning and listening all the way through. So if you're doing that, you've never even noticed that there, there are long gaps. So you know what? We're perfect. So don't worry about it. You have not missed. We have not missed anything <laughs> at all. So uh, actually, speaking of perfection, I thought this was funny. Uh, today we were getting ready to record. <laughs> this and, is my life. Yes. And, and we were, and Mike's like, we're doing, I am a servant, right? And I'm just like, no, no, no. We're, we did, I am a servant last recording. Today is, I am not perfect. And then Mike responded, I am not ready. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, I thought that was super funny. Well, you know, I'm not perfect. So there you go. That's right. So we're not perfect, but you know what? Uh, a lot has happened between the last time we recorded and today, uh, especially for our local church. And this podcast primarily is for our, our body. And so one of the things that happened is Valley Forward. And a lot has happened. I was incredibly encouraged by the, by the meeting itself leading up to it. Uh, I, I had, I had butterflies in my stomach because I don't know if you've been a part of churches that have regular business meetings, listener, but you there are times when people get together and you can really tell a lot about a church by a meeting like this. And sometimes the ugliest parts of people just come out. So I, I was ready for anything, but honestly, I walked away from this meeting encouraged, feeling like we're a family and just ready to just jump into the future. But uh, what I thought, Mike, was... There were there was a lot of content that you you had to go through, and what I thought was there were some things that um, I don't think you feel like I don't feel like you had enough time to flesh out what's on your heart and on your mind as the senior pastor of, of Valley. 
So I thought today would be a good opportunity for us to kind of flesh that out, if you if you don't mind. No, I, I appreciate it, and uh, and I am ready for this. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, but before <clears throat> we do that, one thing I'd like to do. So that's what we're going to talk about. One thing I'd like to do though is kind of just catch up. Like, what's going on in your world, man? I know people enjoy that. They like knowing what's going on in your world, what's going on in my world. So what it makes us human. I guess. Yeah, yeah. My world's very fun right now. It's also uh, a little chaotic. So every night this week so far, I have. You know, I've well every day I've gone in really early, getting work done, and then uh, late afternoon I transition, I change into my my uh, sports clothes, and been headed over to a baseball or softball field. And this is week one of baseball and softball, so I've been coaching about a dozen ten year old girls and about uh, about the same amount of five or six year old boys. And uh, oh my goodness, it is so fun. We've had beautiful weather. The sun's been shining. It's been chilly out, but these kids get out there and. You know, we, we laugh, we play, they learn. It's really a great time. So we're uh, we're in kind of one of those favorite seasons of spring for us where it's it's ball time. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. That's cool. So you do this because number one, it gives you an opportunity to be with your kids. Yeah. Because right? you're coaching your kids' teams, at least mm-hmm. uh, your two youngest. Yeah. And you're also doing this because you love baseball. Mm-hmm. And you've also married it with just the idea of connecting with people in the community. That's pretty cool. How's how's that going? Are you being able to rub yeah. shoulders with? The, I mean, yeah. it's it's multi-purposed, right? Yeah. There's all these different uh, good motives mixed into it, right? So I love being with my kids. My kids love having me as a coach, and and I give them the option every year. I say, hey, you want to play? And if they say yes, I say, okay. Would you like me to coach? And and generally they say yes. Actually, they, they've always always. All of them have always said yes, so that makes me feel like I'm, you know, I'm I'm doing something good. They they like me there. That's awesome. Um, and then you know, a part of it is just you see coaches, and you see them coming on on the field, and and some of them are really uh, great knowledge wise of the sport, but they don't know how to interact with kids at all, and so it becomes a defeating experience for kids. Some of them are are okay with kids, but they don't know the sport. And so I was telling you this the other day, over the last decade, I mean, I've, I've known baseball, but over the last decade, I've really worked on learning how to work with kids, how to coach them well on the field so that every practice, every game is a confidence builder. Every time they're on the field, they're feeling like they can, they can achieve, they can move forward, that there's some hope, right? And so pouring to kids is, I mean, that's a reward in itself. These kids get so excited. Their smiles, the, the joy they get. You know, one mom texted me, after our first softball practice and their daughter's new to our team, a little young for our team. And she just said that the daughter, the whole way home was talking to her and her dad about everything she'd learned and about how fun it was That's awesome. and how excited she was to play. And that's, you know, that's a, a big motive is you just get these kids enjoying life and, and feeling thrilled about life. There, there's positive adults in their world. And, uh, and in time, you know, you don't got to force it, but in time, you know, people get to know that I'm a follower of Christ and a pastor. In fact, my assistant coach for my uh, my younger team, for Asher's team, he wanted to meet. And so we uh, sat down and the first question, he said, so you're a pastor. <laughs> he saw my email, it, it indicates that. And uh, it, we just ended up having a really good conversation even before we got to ball about life. Okay, so it's just that's these, awesome. These inroads of meeting people that I wouldn't meet, caring for them. And not forcing it. I mean, it's not like I'm showing it your your door, knocking on it and saying, you know, repent. It's actually very just natural. It's, I think it's a lot of how missions works in the United States. If we are intentional about loving people, mm-hmm. I and mean, we're going to talk about some of this actually as right. we talk about Valley Forward. If we're intentional with the relationships that God naturally puts into our lives, we, we're praying for people and we're looking for opportunities to, to connect people to Christ. God will give those opportunities. Exactly. Yeah. And that's super cool. I, I love that you're out there working with the public. I love that you're just connecting with people because I, I think oftentimes people can mistake uh, church work for doing everything inside the church walls. And that's actually, that's not true. We don't want that. That's not healthy at all, really. But so let's say I'm listening to this and I'm thinking to myself, man, I want to get involved with kids and the community like that. Is there an opportunity for people who are not uh, familiar with baseball, I guess, to be able to be a part of this community, help in any capacity? In uh, baseball, softball? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So uh, I'll just say right now, there's there's always field work. Mm-hmm. There's all, I mean, 
I've actually dreamed of what it would look like if we had a, a valley work day at one of the fields mm-hmm. because it would just be a way to love this community. I mean, it's all volunteers at the fields. Right. I mean, we do hire someone to mow, but uh, if if we had 30 people show up to work on fields one day, mm-hmm. that would bless that whole community so much. I mean, that would just be a, a strong testimony to a church loving them. Same with concessions. You could, you wow. could volunteer in concessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even like, uh, I mean, uh, every year I've got parents that want to help that don't know anything about the sport, but if, if they get paired with a good coach, they can come volunteer. They can help out. I mean, there's background check and all that, yeah. but they could actually volunteer on a team if the coach knows what they're doing and they could be a great help. What would it take? I'm, I'm really curious about this work day. What would it take to put something like that together? A little bit of logistical work. Okay. I mean, um, <laughs> it would take a few text messages to the board and just saying, Hey, here's what we want to do. Yeah. And, um, and both Longview, uh, girls softball association and Longview, um, youth baseball, both of them would be thrilled to have that. Cause man, I was talking to the president of the, the boys, um, league. Okay. The other day and he was out there working on a field early we both got there early and you know he you know he, he wasn't he wasn't complaining he just was like lowering his guard a little bit saying mm-hmm. yeah you know there's just there's a lot of work and not a lot of people that want to do it it's kind of like a church right there's a it's, lot of work yeah. and not a lot of people doing it and uh, those fields they don't maintain themselves it, mm-hmm. it's a it, it would be a major blessing dude that's i think we should jump on something like that so the other day i got the opportunity to do a ride along with the chief of police of Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things, so I, I was there primarily to talk to him and his involvement with Royal Family Kids. But one of the things that he was excited to talk about was the community renewal up at Castle Rock. How, as a community, they've pushed this idea that we should take ownership for our city, that we should take ownership for just like the recreational aspects, just to make things beautiful and vibrant. They are taking high school kids, kids who are doing shop and allowing them to make iron fences for different things, allowing the art kids to go to different alleys and do like murals of whatever they want to do. That's awesome. So that the kids, yeah, they feel a sense of ownership and pride within their community. And what they've said, what he shared with me is that when kids, students, even adults are being a part of the renewal of the city, they see that graffiti and stuff goes down, it goes lower because it's a part of them. Yeah. It's, there's a sense of pride and there's ownership in that. And the more he talked about it, the more I realized like there are opportunities here in Longview for us to partner with, with different community events, kind of like, like baseball. But I was thinking about, we, we could even connect with Parks and Rec to figure out, figure out like what, what are our needs to organize our students here, to organize our people, to really come alongside the city and to love the city well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am excited for things like that, and I think I, I think we're about to get enter in, enter into a season that we're going to be uh, doing more stuff like that to really impact Longview, Kelso, and Cowles County. I, I I do too, man. That, that's really cool that you got to do that ride along. You know, <laughs> yeah. how many times have you been in a cop car? Um, actually, <laughs> so I've done four ride alongs. Always in the front seat, huh? Um, there's one time I was in the back seat, but that's. I was a kid and my mom and I, there was, it was just a situation and we needed a ride somewhere. And so I asked if I could sit in the back seat and I learned a lot. I learned about a lot about squad cars and their plastic seats, how you can't, you can't get out. And it, as a kid, I didn't understand why it, I didn't have a handle, but obviously, you know, that's where yeah. they detain people, <clears throat> plastic yep. seats because uh, drunk people, <laughs> all sorts of stuff. But I will say this, uh, out of every ride along I've ever done, I've always come to the conclusion that I really feel like police officers and su- servant workers in general are really taken for granted. Like mm-hmm. I, I think they do, they do a lot more than just pulling you over and writing a ticket. Uh, in many ways, every, every officer I've ever r- rode with genuinely cares for the people that they serve, especially the people they see regularly because of whatever in many ways they, they act like uh, shepherds. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I think we should take the time to really appreciate uh, these officers and first first responders in general. Amen so, to that, man. Yeah, we'll have an opportunity to do some of that in August. Oh, that's right. Yeah, with National Night, Night Out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little ways away. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. What else is going on in your life, dude? Good things. Uh, so I think off off the top of my head, we just had a, a fundraiser for Royal Family Kids. Where we showed the camp movie, we got to show it at the uh, the Roxy Theater here in Longview. I, because of just some things that happened between personnel, 
Um, I got to help with childcare and running the tech <laughs> over there. Um, Good thing you have eight hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was... It was cool just to see how much that church has restored the that that part of the that part of the city. That was cool. I was also excited to see how many people, more people, are getting connected with Royal Family Kids. Um, that seems to be kind of an avenue right now for me to get more and more connected with different people in the city. Uh, I'm always looking to network. Um, I, you know, I was I was thinking to myself yesterday. I was walking uh, through Safeway, or sorry, Fred Myers, and I know Jim who is the uh, produce manager over there. And now I, I know this girl named Marie who is behind the, uh, the, she's like my butcher. I don't have like, I don't, we're in a day and age. I don't really feel like I have a butcher or a, a produce guy, but I do have enough of a connection with people that they, they're like, dude, there's a good deal going on here. And they always want to hook me up with stuff. And I appreciate that. And someone asked me like, how do I have all these connections? Just talk to people, just serve the community, yeah. just get in connection with people and don't be afraid of people. Just compliment and engage. It's the weirdest thing. Just connect with people and eventually, uh, not that I'm trying to encourage you to take advantage of connections, but like you just get connected with people and people want to take care of each other. And I don't know. Community like, is like great. caring. Just care. Yeah, yeah. It's just caring. And people want to, want to return that in any capacity they can. And uh, the last thing I was going to talk about, because I brought it up last, just on a whim. Yes. The last, this last is you and your free marketing. That's right. Free marketing. Uh, we're not paid for this, but I just I just want to pass this along. Yet. I know, yeah, there are actually, okay, I'll, I'll say this for the end. I know that there are people within our church right now that are looking to, their their families are getting larger and they want more phones for their, fam- their kids and other things like that. And so cell phone bills are a, a thing. Well, I, on my mind, stewardship's always on my mind. And I have been testing Mint Mobile. Um, it's a service where you prepay a phone service where you get unlimited talk and text and then you can start the lowest amount is three gigs of data per phone every month. This is $15 a month. I thought this was too good to be true. So the last time we talked about this, I had ordered a SIM card. I got it. I put it in a phone. I have been using it now for maybe about a week. And I was concerned because people told me that T-Mobile, which this company uses T-Mobile and Sprint Towers, T-Mobile is not very good here in Longview. Dude, I've been making calls and texts. I've been all over the city just doing what I normally do, and I have not had an issue at all. And again, this is $15 a month. So I, if you're interested in this, let me know because you can sign up for this and get it yourself. But if you want to kick it back to me, I can give you a referral code. Code. It'll give you some... Uh, I think a free trial or something like that or a discount. Okay. And if I get five people signed up, I get a year for free of phone service. Dang. So I'm not paid for this. You don't have to connect with me, but I'm just kind of throwing that out there. That's awesome. Yeah. But seriously, if people are looking to save money, I think that's that's a good thing to do. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, Mike, I, I think we've rambled long enough. We have want, done yeah. a little rambling. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's jump into Valley Forward, or at least what we what we did the other week. So, Valley Forward is a meeting. Typically, we try to do this at least once every six months. That's but kind of the idea. Valley right? Forward, not our annual meeting, but Valley mm-hmm. Forward. And the idea behind Valley Forward is that we get together and we talk about what it means for us as a church to look forward to move forward. What I appreciated about this one is that we took a hard look at where we're at. And then we talked about what we're going forward so that we can take some realistic steps to, to go. You, Cause you can't go anywhere until you really admit where you're at. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I, I appreciated that. I don't think we need to rehash everything that we went through uh, last week, but I guess I'll just turn it over to you, Mike. Like what, what do you want to go over for our listeners? Maybe for people who weren't able to attend that, uh, what are some things that maybe some highlights and maybe like, what does it really mean for us to look forward as a church? What are we doing? Yeah. You know, I think the the first thing that sticks out is there, we took some time to just celebrate and we allowed people in the church to share the places they see God moving and working and the wins they see in the church. And, you know, I, I just say there are people that spoke that I did not expect to speak. Yeah. There were things shared that I did not expect to be shared and it was, uh, and it was beautiful. It was it was really a encouraging time of the church family to say, 
here's how I see God working. Um, I don't want to call those people out or, or, you know, anything like that necessarily, but man, I I just really appreciated people saying what they said. Uh, And then along with that, we celebrated some things like, uh, you know, our ASL ministry translation on the 11 o'clock service. We introduced the vision for um, a Latino, a Spanish service. And really the hope of that is going to be in the future. We're going to translate for first generation uh, people living in Longview that speak Spanish, but then all the younger generations, the second generation, they'll be fully integrated into the English speaking church, which is what a lot of those families look like. Yeah. Can I, can I speak into that situation really quick? So if you know me, you know that I am a first generation born here in the United States and my spiritual journey when I was a, when I was much younger, my parents went to a Vietnamese church because they could get together. There wasn't a language barrier. They could study. And, but the issue was just like me, I, there are a bunch of other kids who were growing up in the United States who were leaving behind their uh, ethnic roots and they were Amer- being Americanized. And there, there became a language barrier for us. So actually at the age of 13, I quit going to that church because I felt like there was nothing for me, if if that church had done what what the this Latino church is doing with us, that's them answering a need to make sure that families stick together exactly, and that they can all be part of the same body. Because I eventually I left that church and I started going to another church that my parents eventually went to as well. But in hindsight, I think about my my mom and my dad how they probably would have benefited had we stayed in their native language mm-hmm. to be able to study scripture because I fought a language barrier to learn scripture, but then for them to join this church, they would also have to fight a language barrier. That's right. Yeah. That so, heart language is huge. Yeah. You know, I'm taking the perspectives course and that's one of the things that a point they made a few weeks ago, as they said in the, the places that were evangelized in, in history where there was no translation uh, of the Bible, it was just people relying on missionaries and religious figures when um, when those lands were conquered by other religious forces, like when you know Islam would invade, mm-hmm. with, if missionaries and religious leaders left and there was no word of God left, the people just convert. They're like, oh, we've just been conquered by someone else, right? Versus some of those places where there was translation, that mm-hmm. there was a different outcome, right? Yeah. So this idea of, of a heart language, the Bible in your own language, there's, there's value to that, high value to that. <clears throat> so... So people, like, so we, we were talking about the Latino ministry. Can you kind of, um, can you kind of explain how that came about, and maybe kind of talk about what is the ASL ministry? Because I think about people who go to the Heights and maybe who go to the EB. They probably don't know what we're doing mm-hmm. at the Pacific Way. So Pacific Way, we have an American Sign Language ministry, and again, it's something the Lord just kind of opened up for us. Right? Yeah, it just happened. There were some folks coming that um, the gal was learning sign language, and she had a friend that was deaf. Um, and so through that friendship, the, the deaf family, they started coming and then they discovered my wife actually has degrees in sign language that she has not been using. And she's always felt like the Lord's been prepping her for something. Yeah. And so when this opportunity came, it just was, I mean, Jess was able to just start translating like boom. And, uh, really a cool thing happened is this. You know, this couple would bring in another deaf friend and, mm-hmm. and these folks, they, they have told me that they feel so welcomed and so loved by Valley. They feel like we've done the, the things to just show them we value their presence and we want them there. And so they feel like this is church home, right? Um, they're, they're talking about coming to our next membership class and, and really saying Valley's their home. That was, I mean, it's, it's hilarious, honestly, Andrew, because we can sit here and we do strategize we plan and all this stuff. And then God does something like, Hey, and yeah. guess what? You couldn't even plan this and I'm going to do something really awesome. And you're just like, Whoa, you know, that, that is true. And God, it would be, it would behoove us to that. When we see God just bring something about that, we should pay attention to it, mm-hmm. that we should bolster it, that we should come alongside it. Like this isn't a small thing that God just orchestrated this. This is a big, for both of these things, we need to come alongside this because if God's moving here, man, and I want to be where God's at work. So So that, and the, the, um, the Spanish ministry, there's a a Spanish church looking for place to meet. And so they were meeting at the EB, um, toward the end of last year. Yes. And you know, uh, their pastor is co-vocational. And so he's working, um, trying to work full time and then lead the ministry. And honestly, this so much work goes into ministry. That's a hard thing to do. Yes. 
and they were getting to a spot where they felt like they were struggling financially. They could rent the bean. I mean, that was fine. Um, but, uh, they got to the spot where they, they were trying to figure out what are the next steps? What is the vision here? And so they came to us and they came, they went to a few other churches as well, like just talking, like what are options? And we explained to them the idea of a, a translation service that would meet the needs of that second generation, but also meet the needs of that first generation that would allow their pastor to really function as just a, like a a care shepherd, like to really care for his people, lead a small group, but not have the, have to prep a message every week, which he was, he was running thin on being able to do that, do it well to not have to do all the other organizational things. Um, And so we, you know, started slowly walking down this road where we were having these conversations about them becoming part of Valley. And we actually, they were pretty excited at first and, and one guy on their side and and myself and a few other guys on our side, we just kind of said, let's slow this down. And we asked them to come to our membership class and to know like what we really stand for as a church and just made it really clear. We, if you're going to do this, you get to be part of Valley. This is not, you're going to meet in our space and you're going to be a ministry of Valley. No, you're part of Valley. You have a unique you know, language and unique uh, flavor to your ministry, but we are joining together for this community, especially for the Latino community. And that thrilled them. And so we're, you know, we're a few, you know, we're a a few months in, two months in now of of doing this. And there's a lot to figure out still, honestly, if, if our listeners are, you know, able to pray for us, just pray that we're able to figure it out. I mean, you know, you, you add new leadership and, and the, you know, personalities and relationships a lot of opportunity for grace, a lot of opportunity for trust, and it's going well. But again, it just takes time. We got to invest in a little bit of technology for translations. We got to figure out how some of the ministries work together. And man, I, I believe God's going to lead us. He already has led us this far. For sure. But but there's some prayer that could be used. We, we should be praying about that. And like I said, if God has moved this, we should come alongside it and support it as best as we can. Because it, it's pretty crazy that this happened. One thing that blows my mind is, so I didn't know that Jess... She has a degree in American Sign Language? Okay. Two? Yeah, two? she has okay. two degrees in it. in it. And then don't you have a degree in Spanish? Yeah, I do. That's crazy. It's pretty fun. Isn't that crazy yeah. that like between the two of you that these two things would happen? Which I I, I don't know. I, I've been talking to some people about like you don't really know what God's going to use from your past mm-hmm. in your present. So like sometimes you go through things and you're like, well, what's the point of this? Sometimes... You just do what you do, and then it comes into it comes into play. So yeah. that's that's super cool. Yeah, that's super cool. All right, Mike. So we talked about those things that are at Valley Forward that are that are happening. Those opportunities for Long Glacia and the ASL ministry. Um, we talked. We we had strengths at Valley that people talked about, like um, financial stability, but also a, a gospel focus that families are are growing together. Those are all great things. But at the end. You started talking about um, our mission statement and then a shift for us as a church to be outward focused. That's right. So can you, okay, so for, for I guess, if I was not used to, I guess, church, uh, church growth, I guess, strategies or just church health, like what's the distinction between an inward church versus an outward church? Yeah. You know, why, so, why are we drawing a <laughs> distinction here? Yeah. And so if we back up a little bit even... Um, so three days from now is my official hire date at Valley two years ago. Right. And, and a lot of the conversation we had that day is we talked about these last two years. They've been wonderful. I, I love it here. And, and we have been looking to the community and, 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 you know, it's not like we've been exclusively inward focused, mm-hmm. but, but just an honest assessment, we have been pretty heavily inward focused. Yeah. We've been building trust amongst the church family. Mm-hmm. We've been building leaders. We've been, handling some in-house issues and, and strategies and, and structures that needed needed some work, needed some bolstering, right? We've kind of been doing the work of, you know, when, when a transition happens, it takes time mm-hmm. to get on the same page. Yeah. And so we've been inward focused in some ways and not in a condemning way, not like, oh my goodness, we've been inward focused, but like, hey, we, we've done the work, right? It reminds me of Albertsons when I was working there. You know, you, we talked about putting out fires. And so if there was a certain piece of produce, you talk about produce managers. I was a produce right. manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something sure. yeah. that... uh something that was low and needed addressing. And then there were other things that could take a little time to get to them. You know, we would handle that issue first. That's what we've been doing the last couple of years at Valley. We've been making sure we put out any fires, taking care of the major issues that need to be worked through. 
and, and kind of building the saints so that we can turn our attention outward. And so now what I shared that Sunday is it's time for us to be more intentional with an outward focus. It's time for us to be more intentional about taking the gospel and not just preaching it to ourselves, which we've been doing that week after week for two years now, but taking that gospel and, and finding ways to introduce it to other people and to connect with other people, right? And so the strategy that we, we talked about, which is, it, this is not rocket science. Um, it, it's kind of a threefold strategy. And, and, and the strategy has a pairing of words, each one. And, and we just tied some goals to the strategy here. And so the first one we said that, you know, if we're going to be a, a church that, that fulfills our mission, and our mission state statement says we're gospel driven to build strong families, to serve our local community, and to be part of what God's doing change in the world, right? And we actually have podcasts on each of those statements already. Yeah, so go to the very beginning. Go, go dig those yeah. out. But uh said so if we're gonna do that, that all gets done by making disciples who make disciples. It's all a discipleship relationship focused. And so we said the first thing we have to do then is is be a church where our church says to those who have yet to follow Jesus, come and see. Come and see, right? Psalms talks about taste and see for the Lord is good. We want people to come and see what God is doing at Valley. This is, a, in a sense, this is a church invitation strategy, right? Right. We, we believe, we'll see this in a minute, that it's not just the job of the pastor to share the gospel. It's the job of everyone. Yet, when we are a church that every week preaches the gospel, we create an environment where people can invite their friends, they can invite their family, they can invite non-believers in their life to come and get a glimpse of Jesus. To come, I mean, this is why we preach the gospel every week. If every week we preach the gospel, someone can invite anyone at any given weekend, and that person can come in, and regardless of what we're talking about, that friend knows that the, the person they invite they will hear about Jesus. They will get a glimpse of Jesus's death and resurrection, of the love of God and, and the need to be saved. And so strategy one is simply to say, come and see. And so what we did is we printed out these cool little business cards. They look nice. They, they, they actually look really nice. Yeah. And they just simply list out our church information, our service times and locations and our website. And our goal is that every person at Valley, every week they come in, they find this card sitting on, on their seat. They pick it up and they carry it with them in their purse or their wallet or in their car or whatever it looks like. And as they have conversations with people, they just boldly, gently say, hey, you know, I do go to this church and I'd love to have you come check it out. And they just hand them the information. This is not a high pressure sales moment. This is not a, I'm going to manipulate or twist your arm or pressure you. This is really just say, I love my church. I love Jesus. I would love for you to come and see. I read a statistic. It's on the, the website that talk. It's called uh, National Back to Church Sunday. It's in September. I, we might do something for it. But it says something like 82% of people would come to a church service if only someone would invite them. 82%, right? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And so this is putting a tool in people's hands to come and see. And so our goal is that that once every month, every person at Valley would invite one person to a service. This is not saying every week or every day you got to invite someone. This is simply saying once a month, I believe that God will help every person at Valley engage with someone outside of the church once a month. Yeah. You say, hey, come check out my church. So we need to be praying for those opportunities. We need to be intentional about those opportunities. You know, and I thought maybe it would be because I, I read not to take the Holy Spirit out of this, but I, I read that uh, Four Disciplines of Execution. Okay. And this is a church-wide initiative. Mm -hmm. It might be a good thing in our VIP meetings or whatever, just every week, just check in and be like, okay, not to guilt anyone, but let's just talk about what's, what's our, our scorecard is how many invites did we do That's great. this week. It's a good idea. And then I, I'd like to share that with my life group and everything else, just so it keeps it in front of people. Oh, that's a really good idea. And just to like, you know, just so we can gather the information and maybe we'll post it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And just so that people can see like, hey, this week we, we had... 37 invites to, to, to church and the next week is like, all right, let's see if we can get this to 40 or maybe a monthly average of like five and like, oh man, okay, let's, let's keep this in front of us. Yeah. Because the more we come back to this idea, the more we see a scorecard, you know, and this is us being proactive, not mm -hmm. being reactive. Yeah. Um, the more it'll become a part of our culture. That's right. Because that, I, I, I'm, I'm all for these, these cards. Um, and I'm not trying to poo poo anything because I'm not, this is exciting. I know that in the past at Valley, if I, I can go back to about four years ago, we did invest in invite cards, but that that initiative kind of fell by the wayside. 
And I think to learn from our from from our past to step into the future, let's just keep this in front of people. Let's have a scorecard and let's just have that part of our our, our culture of VIP meetings or even our life group meetings, just so it's it's in front of us. Just I meant to talk about this to you off the air, but now here we are. There we are talking about it. You know, though, I, that's great though, because Lance and I were actually talking about the invest and invite cards maybe a month ago. Okay, and and I think that fits into the next level of this strategy, right? And so I think it, it might be worth reintroducing that or something similar to that. Because uh, the first goal of, or the first, I guess, uh, you know, if it's a stool and there's three legs, the first leg of the stool is this come and see where every person at Valley once a month is inviting someone. The next leg then is it's not come and see, it's go and tell. Right. So, so go and tell is the idea that, that we are not just relying on the pastor or the preacher to share the gospel, but in time, every person at Valley feels equipped trained, inspired, and deployed so that they are at least once a month having a gospel conversation with someone, having a spiritual conversation. And and sometimes I have these conversations and we go through the whole deal. I get to talk about Jesus's death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they they, they fall short of that Mm -hmm. and someone's just not willing to go there. And and that's okay, right? Right. But the idea is having these conversations regularly ideally once a month maybe more and so in the next year or so we're going to work on some some ways to train people some ways to inspire people the ways to help people get over the fear of sharing their faith because Mm -hmm. let's just be honest people get scared of it right um and so that's that's goal number two and the invest in the invite cards now that you talk about it that's a perfect tool right yeah because it has you list out three people that you're pursuing friendship with mm-hmm. right that you're you're building trust with that you're looking for opportunities to have spiritual conversation you're praying for them right yeah so we pray we pursue and, and then as opportunity comes rise around we persuade right right persuade them mm-hmm. to trust in christ you know and i i'm gonna i have a small testimony about those invest and invite cards i had an invest and invite card that had three names of people that i was praying for and and seeking to share jesus with and one of those one of those people was a, a very good friend of mine whom I did their wedding just last year. You, you know who they are. And one day he was walking by my laptop and he saw that I had a card with his name on it. And at first, and I was like, oh no, he saw it. You know, and at first he was kind of like a little weirded out that yeah. I, I had targeted him. But uh, fast forward like a year or so, we were talking about it and he's like, you know what? Like at first I thought that was weird that you singled me out to to do this, but I realized like you genuinely care about what you do. You believe in what you're doing. And for you to pick me, I felt I felt special. I felt really good about that. I felt that you because it, it's on a sales pitch, it's that mm-hmm. you genuinely yeah. thought about me and were intentional. <laughs> and that's a good thing. So I, I would say there's a lot of I don't know. Anytime we do a church initiative where it talks about like caring for people and being intentional about that kind of stuff. You can make it corporate and robotic, but the truth is the heart behind it. If you're living for Christ, the heart behind it is always loving others. And that's, if that's a beautiful thing. So I guess don't let awkwardness get in the way of being faithful. Yeah. So a lot of my training for evangelism came out of ministry called dare to share. You probably heard of it. Okay. Right. And so that whole, like, um, you know, pray, pursue persuade that comes mm-hmm. out of there uh, but they also have these other lines like uh they, they talk about how awkward is awesome <laughs> right <laughs> okay. i remember younger when i was a youth pastor i got a t-shirt and it said awkward is awesome i got it at one of their conferences because it was like w- you know what it, it just deals with the reality that it's awkward to talk about jesus sometimes right right yet if, if you really do care for that person if you want what's best for them you're you're going to share right right and the other one uh, that always I always remember is uh, they say uh, this training called how to bring it up without throwing up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how, how, how do you bring up the gospel without like getting so nervous and so afraid that you throw up, right? Let's, okay. And that just really it acknowledges it is scary. It is. It is yeah. hard to share our faith, yet every believer is called to. Right. Every one of us. And, and so, it's, it's something you grow into. That's right. So this next yeah. year, my hope is that we, we do some of these trainings, some some ins- inspiration-like moments that help people see, man, this is something they can do. If, if they couldn't, God would not tell them to, right? Right. He will, by his spirit, lead them and, and help them in it. Right. So we have come and see. That's come to a church service. Yep. See, the, see, see the family cards, of God yeah. and connect with Jesus. Then we have go and tell. That's mm-hmm. the invest and invite card, right? And that's the idea of, you know, I... I 
take responsibility as a disciple of Jesus to make disciples. Right. So it's this long-term goal is to train and deploy each member to share the gospel. I imagine that means in the next year or so, we're going to have like some actual like seminars or something like that to talk about. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And then, uh, then the third, uh, leg of this stool is to seek and serve. Okay. Right. This is where we're going out into the community and into the world. We're seeking to engage with lost people and not just, Hey, let me tell you about Jesus, but to serve them in a way that shows who Jesus is to be the salt and the light of the world. Right. Right. To, to do things in a way that causes those outside of Christ to give glory to God, the father. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of like the missional mindset. And so the goal here is to have 75% of Valley serve in a missional endeavor in 2020. And so we, we define missional endeavor as things that happen outside of the church that are that are for, or, or things that happen outside of or in conjunction with church that are for non-believers. Now there's overlap here, you know, there's always overlap, but these are things like national night out. So in August, when uh, the uh, police officers, they gather in the park and they have just a really awesome time of uh, the community can come and get to know them and whatnot. Well, we, the last two years we've served there. Right. We've provided disaster preparedness guides We've, uh, last year we had a feeding station Mm -hmm. where people could come and get free food. Yeah. It was awesome. We want to just continue to build that so that people at Valley, they're showing up there. They're ready to serve Mm -hmm. in a way that gives glory to God and and builds relationship with the community that they wouldn't have in other, other ways. Right. We also have things like, uh, Royal family kids. Right. I mean, I'm heavily involved years now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how does that, how does that help us seek and serve? Dude, there's opportunities for us to seek and to serve because number one, we are seeking to love kids who are in the foster care program. And we're not shy about our faith in this. This is intentionally a Christian-based camp for children who are who were or are in foster care to give them hope. Now, with that, it's not just camp that we go because we, we need people to go to camp every year because every time we don't have enough counselors, that means two kids don't go mm-hmm. to camp. But there's opportunities to serve within the community itself here in Longview. We have fundraisers. I mean, actually, it's always fundraisers. But there are we have things like uh, uh, this like in Christmas. We had a uh, an event for foster care kids where we dressed up as costume characters for the kids to have a good time and just to feel loved. So it takes that takes people to organize it, right? So behind the scenes, put together the gifts, put together the baskets, put together the costumes, all that, all that. It takes people up front who are in the costumes, people who are emceeing, people who are running sound and tech and all these things, people who gather the supplies, the books, and deliver things. Like there, there are so many opportunities for us to come alongside and show love to these foster care kids, but also, also, especially the stuff that happens in town to show love and support and respite for families who have adopted or who are fostering kids. You know, I, I, you got me going. Like In the Bible, it talks about caring for orphans. And in the United States, uh, it never dawned on me until I came, was a part of this, I just never thought about orphans because we don't have orphans in the United States. But that's because we have something called the foster care program. This is our opportunity, and there are so many kids in foster care. They they need our help. They need our love, and they need us to take action. They need more than just us throwing money at them. They need they need people to be present. One of the the next steps for Royal Family Kids is to start a mentoring program. Mm-hmm. What that means is that one week of camp is amazing. That's like a vacation for them, where they they get to just Best be week kids. of their lives. It is, yeah. Right? They get to just be a kid. It's so amazing, but to continue connecting and just offering seeds of hope in them, we want to start a program where I think it's once a week for the school year that um, a trustworthy pair of adults connect with two kids to take them out and just to walk with them, talk about life, just to take them out and maybe get like an ice cream or something like that, just to genuinely be a mentor. Mm -hmm. And this is all Christian based. Mm-hmm. And with that's that's the next step. Because people always say, like, well, does one week really make a difference? Yeah, it can. But now we can really solidify our influence, our positive influence, if we can get this going. But the truth is we've we've been at kids or at camp now for this is gonna be our third year. We've had some people step into the idea of putting together the mentoring program, 
But then people have had to step back because of other things. And I'm not trying to guilt anyone. That's just what happens. But we need to spread the word that we need high capacity leaders, people who are willing to step in to to lead this kind of stuff. Anyway, that's that's those are opportunities. I can go on forever. Yeah. So, I mean, this, there's lots of opportunities, right? Yeah. I, I just want to list off a few more. Yeah. All right. Don't get too excited, though. Okay. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> You know, VBS serves this function. Yeah. Because VBS, we actually, we have kids that don't know the Lord that come and are part of our VBS program. Right. Mm-hmm. right? And so this is another week where you don't have to go out of town. You can serve in town in some great ways. Uh, everything from being a, a teacher, a, a counselor to helping with snacks, helping with songs, like helping with games. There's there's some just really wonderful ways to plug in into VBS, right? Yeah. Um, and then we start looking beyond Longview. And so this summer we've got uh, some mission trips planned. Your brother's going to yeah. Japan. Yeah. That's the plan. Uh, Mike Vorce is taking a team to Nicaragua. Yeah. And uh, and I'm taking a team to Texas, to the the you know, kind of the, the border of Texas, to serve um, in some literacy camps and mm-hmm. to, to really just be a gospel presence in some really poor communities. And I'm jazzed about that one because I'm going to take my oldest son to that. We're going to go together. Cool. And uh, and his buddies, he's got, I think, at least three buddies that are planning on going, and their dads are, are families. And so it's going to be a great Summer where people are engaging, whether it's National Night Out, RFK, mm-hmm. VBS, all these different opportunities, um, Nicaragua, Japan, Texas, um, just great opportunities. That's awesome. And so the goal is that we have three quarters of the church engaging missionally outside of the church, some sort of mission service, right? So even that, you know, serving at the softball fields for a week, yeah. for, for a day or something like that. Those kind of things are that seek and serve. Sometimes it's really just serving, but we want to lean from that service into relationships with those who don't know the right. Lord, right? So and I, I want to encourage people. I, I know I know churches have a history of burning out volunteers, uh, not just like every church, every church. And, but here's, here's something to consider because we're talking about getting involved. We're talking about serving. And right now there could be someone listening and be like, man, I, I like the idea that it's cool that we're doing that as a church, but I've already put in my time. I've already done all this stuff like that. Dude, flat out. That's a terrible attitude. That's a terrible attitude. Number one, I, I care. I care. You should be cared for 100%. That's why you should be involved in life groups. You should be involved in reading your, reading the word. You should be involved in growing in your faith. But also, if when we start to back out of things, the people who stay, they feel that load mm-hmm. even more. The call isn't for you to do everything. The call is for us to be a part and do something for the kingdom. Whatever God lays at your lays down at your feet and in your heart, we're called to be faithful. So there's going to be a, someone. There's going to be people playing the lawyer in our minds. Like, well, I've already done this. I serve here. I used to do this. That's great. If you used to do it, that means you still have the abilities to do more. Let's keep going because you're not you're listening to this. So you're not dead. Yeah. I don't know why I'm coming across as hard as I am right now, but I just feel like I just need to share that. You know, it it, it loops back to the previous podcast we did that I thought we were going to do again today. Oh yeah, I'm right? a servant. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that that idea of a servant doulos it's a it's a bond servant. Right in in the Old Testament, in the books of, of Moses, a servant was someone the, the doulos, the bond servant. They they were a hired slave. They, they would live in their master's care for seven years because they economically couldn't make it. And a lot of these, they would get to the spot where they realized, you know what, life with my master is better than what I can do alone on my own. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the capacity to earn or to care for myself. And here, I'm warm. I'm fed. I'm loved. I'm part of this. And so they would, they would become a bond servant. They would go to the, the door of the tabernacle and the priest would actually, with an awl, put a hole in their ear, right? It doesn't sound like very much fun. This is the term Paul uses of us. He says, we're bond servants to Christ. And the idea of being a bond servant to Christ means that on our own, life would not be what it is in Christ. Uh, under the protection and love of our master, Jesus Christ, uh, the service we render is, is a joy compared to what it would look like to be out on our own without his peace and his care and his faithfulness. And so this is, I think we're just trying to be a church, not a special church, not a unique church. I think we're trying to be a church that is faithful to Christ, to the call to look outside of ourselves. We don't, we don't need to have a special sales pitch. We don't need to have a gimmick. What we're trying to do is say, we have Christ and Christ is what we need. And Christ is what you need. And you, you use the word faithful. And that's, that's what I'm getting at. Cause I don't, I, 
we also I don't want to see people step into situations where they're not even called towards that because that's actually not healthy either. And I don't be mistaken. Like I'm, I don't I don't want anybody being guilt tripped into being a part of anything. But odds are, as we go through these things, God has brought to your mind ways that you could serve, ways you could be part of the church, ways you can be part of outreach, ways you can be part of other things. And we're just called to be faithful. Amen. That's that's what it is. There's going to be, in every single one of us, there's always going to be a voice saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, all these things. Dude, tell that voice to shut up, honestly, because yeah. God is so good, and he's calling us closer to him to, for him to be glorified. And it's for, it's for his glory and our benefit that we are faithful, yep. man. All these things could be annoying, I guess, and frustrating to, to be a part of, but they're worth it. I, I'm part of Royal Family Kids. And I'll be the first to tell you, my last, the last year I was a part of this was exactly what they told me it was going to be like, and it was like a horror story, but 100% worth it. So much so that I'm going back. I, I full on intend on going back because it's worth it. I would rather my life be, I'd rather be tired at the end of the day knowing that I've loved others than to go to bed feeling well rested because I just sat around. Yeah, and took care of myself. Yeah, and and, and you know what? It's an RFK for you. It, yeah. who, who knows what it is for each of us? But right. the the point is, all of us are looking outside of ourselves. Exactly. All of us are looking outside of the church. Yeah, we're looking to seek and serve, right? And so these these three these three pillars are right. These three legs of the stool, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna say, come and see, come and see, come see who Christ is, come and see His church, His bride. Right? We're gonna go and tell. We're gonna look for opportunities as individuals to talk about Christ. Right. Uh, we, we love him and we want to talk about him as often as we get the opportunity. And then fi- finally, it's seek and serve. Let's, let's find ways that we can meaningfully engage this community. That's right. Okay. So I, I think there are good days ahead of us at Valley. I think so. I think so. I, I, I wrote a list of things that we used to do as a church about being outward focused. I, we're coming up on an hour. We don't, we don't need to go over it. But I am excited that we have gone through a season of just really like just uh, – Sharpening the edge, I guess, you know, just honing our skills or just shoring things up. And I'm excited for us as a family to step back out into the community and love others in the name of Jesus. So, Mike, we are coming up on an hour here. Um, It's good. Let's pray. That was good. Let's pray. Yeah. God, thank you so much that this is your church. Lord, we remember that that every gospel church, they they all remember this truth that Jesus is the, the king that he is the leader of the church. And Lord, for those who, of us who are under shepherds, who get to serve uh, below Christ, Lord, I, I thank you for the great joy it is to, to love your people and to care for your people. And God, I pray that you would help us specifically at Valley to love and care for your people in a way that helps every person that, that calls on the name of Jesus as part of Valley to, to accept this role, this, this privilege as an ambassador, as a disciple who makes disciples. Lord, I pray that you would allow Valley to to find success in in these very simple strategies. The strategy that says, come and see. Lord, help us all to boldly invite people as we get opportunity. And God, I pray as people come that they would hear the gospel, they would see the love of the community, they would trust Jesus, be saved, and they would become disciples. Lord, help each of us to go and tell. Help us to be, uh, be able to get over the fear that might come from talking about Christ Help us to look for those opportunities to to have spiritual conversations. God, I pray that you would burden each of us deeply on our hearts to be praying for the the people who don't know Christ that that are in our lives. And Lord, also lead us to to seek and serve. Lord, give us a desire to find opportunities in our community and around the world to go and engage with people, to serve them in a way that gives an opening, a foundation for gospel conversation. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen.